Five minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nahum Siegel. Welcome to a Thursday Rosh Chodesh morning. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program.
J <clears throat> whoa, JM in the AM. Wow. A little bit of a uh, frog in my throat on a Thursday morning. JM in the AM. Good morning, everybody. Whoa, what is going on? Whew. Sometimes, no matter how you feel, you don't know how it's going to sound until you actually turn on the microphone. And this morning, I am not happy with the way it sounds. But I hope you're happy. Uh, Amen, done by Lipa. You heard Ira Heller, words that we say today on Rosh Chodesh, Baruch Inafshi, bring it on, brand new from the New York Boys Choir with Nisim Black. Shia Burko's Amcha, that's brand new with uh, Yitzhak Rosenthal writing that selection. Ellie Schwebel with Yaga. You heard Yala Viavo. We say that today for um, Rosh Chodesh. That was Miami. Dedi with Yehia Chodesh Hazen. Of course, Regesh Modani opening things up. And we say good morning. It's Thursday on this January the 14th. It is the first day in the month of Shvat. Did I say Tevis before? Can't keep track anymore. Uh, it is the first day of, of of the month of Shvat, Rosh Chodesh Shvat. All the traditional additions for Rosh Chodesh, including Yalav Yavo, Half Hallel, Special Torah Reading, Musaf, Baruch Inafshi, whatever your custom calls for on a Rosh Chodesh morning. <coughs> two weeks from today, two Bishvat, our two Bishvat special, two weeks from today. 39 degrees, 71% humidity, winds are southwest. At 4 miles per hour, cloudy, then clearing, and a high temperature of 48. Then tonight, clouds and a low of 37. Tomorrow afternoon, showers and a high, 47 degrees. Right now, we're at 56 in Yerushalayim, 39 here in New York City. As we say good morning at JM in the AM. couple of interesting things this morning. Where my Dr. Eli Abadi is going to join us from the UAE. He's been in the news because he's been thanking the UAE government for a really wonderful gesture that uh, was completed just a couple of days ago. We'll explain coming up. Also, Rabbi Yitzchak Hiziger of Art Scroll is going to join us. We have an entire list of brand new, incredible releases that um, uh, that have been released to the public over the last month or so. We'll just uh, quickly go over everything starting at 8 o'clock this morning. And I remind you, you can go to artscroll.com and save... 10% with no minimum plus free shipping when you use promo code radio. Always use promo code radio at artscroll.com. And then at 8.30 this morning, Phil Rosen is going to join us. He has some thoughts on the passing of uh, Shelly Adelson, and uh, we'll, talk about, um, we'll talk about that and more in the uh, 8 o'clock hour this morning here at JM in the AM. It's a Thursday. It's a Rosh Chodesh morning. All the traditional additions for Rosh Chodesh. Make sure to keep them in mind and make sure to um, uh, to say the uh, to say the proper ones for Rosh Chodesh morning. Um, another one from Ellie Schwebel. This is the song that he did after recovering from COVID nineteen. No delacha. You're listening to JM in the AM. Ah. 
Menucha with Shmai Yisrael, Halaluka done by Diaspora. Mivan Siach, that was Shwebel Shar from Levine, Derek Achim with Mayim Rabim, and Nodalacha, Eli Shwebel opening up that set. And this is America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program, heard on listeners sponsored digital radio, around the world, the web, and AlchemSigal.com, and then AlchemSigal Network, and of course, in the beloved NSN app. Got our news from Israel in the background, Galitzal in the background, actually, we'll do our news from Israel coming up on this Rosh Chodesh Shvat. Today's Rosh Chodesh Shvat, all the traditional. Additions for Rosh Chodesh, including Yalav Yavo and Half Hallel, special Torah reading, Musaf Barchinavshi, whatever your custom calls for. It's a Rosh Chodesh Shvat morning here at JM in the AM. 39 degrees, cloudy and clearing in a high of 48. Don't forget to get your video clips in of the best of 2020. If you have great celebratory moments of 2020, get those video clips into Mayor K, Mayor K at gmail.com, M-E-I-R-K-A-Y at gmail.com. Your event might be featured in our Kosher Halftime Show 2021, brought to you by the Rothenberg Law Firm at InjuryLawyer.com. Galitzal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast next at JMN. Galitzal, Shashtayimtsawayimtuvimkangonikohenimashikoreyachshav. למנסור אבאס בליכוד מבהירים לא נקים ממשלה עם הרשימה המשותפת או עם רעה מפלגתו של אבאס ולא נשען עליהם לאחר שהתנגדו להסכמי השלום שמקרבים בין יהודים לערבים. טענות דומות השמיע שר ההתיישבות צחי הנגבי בשיחה עם יניר קוזין בגלי צהל. אנחנו מתנגדים להם, אנחנו שוללים אותם. אנחנו מבקשים מהציבור שלהם להצביע לנו, לא להם. אתם שוללים את רם ואת מנסור אבאס? בוודאי. הם אומרים, אנחנו לא רוצים מדינה יהודית. אנחנו רוצים מדינת כל אזרחיה. אנחנו רוצים שיהיה זכויות לאומיות לערבים בישראל. שוב, אמירה לגיטימית. ואתמול במהלך ביקור בנצרת נפגש נתניהו עם ראשי רשויות מקומיות ערביות שהציגו בפניו מסמך דרישות למיגור האלימות והפשיעה בחברה הערבית. פרסם לראשונה כתבנו דורון קדוש. הפגישה נערכה ביוזמת יושב ראש מרכז השלטון המקומי חיים ביבס ובין הדרישות שהוצגו לנתניהו, מימון מלא של המדינה לשיטור העירוני וגם גיבוש תוכנית הסברה למניעת אלימות בבתי הספר. עוד דרשו ראשי הרשויות להגביר את הנוכחות המשטרתית ביישובים שלהם ולהתקין מצלמות במקומות ציבוריים שיסייעו לפענח מקרי פשע. זה הזמן להתגייס, הם אמרו לראש הממשלה אתמול בנצרת, בכל יום שעובר עוד אנשים משלמים בחייהם. בצל המחלוקת על חיסון אסירים נגד קורונה, שירות בתי הסוהר מדווח על 30 אסירים בחלר רמון שזוהו כחיוביים לנגיף. עוד נמסר כי מצבם טוב וכי הם הועברו לבידוד. כתבתנו הדס שטייף מזכירה כי השר לביטחון הפנים, אמיר אוחנה, מתנגד לפי שעה לחיסון כלואים בבתי הסוהר. במהלך שעורר ביקורת רחבה, גם מטעם גורמי המקצוע וגם מצידם של שר הבריאות אדלשטיין ושר הביטחון גנץ. אריה שיף, בן ה-70 מערד, שירה למוות בפורץ לפני כחודש וחצי, מואשם בהמתה בקלות דעת. סנגורו של שיף, עורך הדין ססי גז, אומר לגלי צה"ל, שמחים על שינוי הסעיף מרצח לעבירה פחותה יותר. מוטב היה שכתב האישום הזה לא היה מוגש כלל וכלל. אבל משהוגש, אני שמח שבשימוע החליטו לשנות את הסעיף מעבירת הרצח לעבירה יותר פחותה, ואני בטוח שבית המפת יעצב את הצעד השני, דהיינו לזכות אדם שהתעורר בלילה מאוחר, ראה פורץ שסיכן אותו ואת אשתו ואת רכושו, עשה את אשר עשה לא במטרה להרוג, אלא במטרה רק למנוע עבירות, ואני בטוח שבית המשפט ימצא אותו זכאי. 
ידיעה שהעביר כתבנו בדרום רמי שני. בית משפט השלום בתל אביב גזר היום 19 חודשי מאסר על חלוץ העבר ליאור אסולין בגין סחר בסמים באמצעות יישומון הטלגרם, מדווח כתבנו בנצר. לאסולין מאות הופעות ועשרות שערים בליגה הבכירה בישראל, והוא גם שיחק תקופה בקפריסין. בית המשפט קבע כי הוא מכר קנאביס בעשרות הזדמנויות ובכמות של למעלה מ-150 גרם לעשרות לקוחות שונים. עורך דינו של אסולין ביקש לעכב את כניסתו למאסר ונשקלת הגשת ערעור על העונש לבית המשפט המחוזי. מזג האוויר בצפון הארץ ובמרכזה עדיין צפויים גשמים מקומיים ברובם קלים. מחר ובתחילת השבוע הבא דומה אלה החדשות.
הפכת מספידי למחול לי, פיתחת סקיבה, תאזני שמחה. הפכת מספידי למחול לי, פיתחת סקיבה, תאזני שמחה. הפכת מספידי למחול לי, פיתחת סקיבה, תעזרני שמחה. הפכת מספידי למחול לי, פיתחת סקיבה, תעזרני שמחה. הפכת מספידי 
למחול לי. פיתחת סכין, ותעזרני שמחה. ותעזרני שמחה.
How can I begin to praise the divine Master and creator of all time? I try to speak the words not coming out clear But still it's these words that you can hear Direct my heart, my inner thoughts to you Whenever I am blinded, you see me through Your majesty Always watching out for me Hashem Suri Fikoyali Hear outside Hashem Suri Hashem Suri Vikoyali
Jam in the AM selection from uh, Nachas, Yularatzon. You heard Hallelujah done by Yaakov Chesed, Yitzchak Fuchs had Hafachta. We opened up the set with Mayor Sherman Zihia Chodesh Azeh on this Rosh Chodesh Shvat morning at JM in the AM. Good morning, everybody. Thanks so much for joining us. Much appreciated. This portion of NSN programming brought to you by our friends at A&H. Abel's and Hyman makes traditional kosher delicacies, pastrami, corned beef, salami, and more. Old world classics, beef fry, kishka, and more. And modern, better-for-you kosher products, including no nitrate added, reduced fat, and reduced sodium hot dogs, plus many other unique items. Visit the website at kosherdogs.net. Enjoy a 10% discount with promo code RADIO. And try A&H today. You will be glad you did. Rosh Chodesh Vat morning at JM and the AM, all the traditional editions for Rosh Chodesh. Um, if you're not familiar with the traditional editions for Rosh Chodesh, and if you find yourself not familiar enough with a lot of what we do in this amazing uh, religion of ours, uh, check out Partners in Torah. Partnersintorah.org uh, gives everybody an opportunity to become a student and also gives everyone an opportunity to become a mentor. Those of you who did grow up on a Jewish yeshiva education, you have an opportunity to spend one session per week on the phone with a partner and really give them a tremendous perspective on our tradition and heritage. It's all because of Partners in Torah. Go to partnersintorah.org for information, partnersintorah.org, or if you'd like to become a student or a mentor, um, 1-800-STUDY-42. 1-800-STUDY, the number four, and then the number two. And if you utilize that phone number, you can get in touch with Partners in Torah in a jiffy. JM in the AM with a reminder that Mayor Kay is working very hard. That's an understatement. On Kosher Halftime Show 2021, he described for us uh, yesterday when he was on the air um, the progress that's being made on the uh, incredible project of uh, the Kosher Halftime Show 2021 brought to you by the Rothenberg Law Firm, InjuryLawyer.com. Big thank you to the Rothenbergs. Those of you who want to get your video clips into this year's Kosher Halftime Show, the only way to do it is to send them to us. <laughs> We're looking for video clips of great moments of 2020. Yeah, I know 2020 has been challenging or was challenging, uh, but there are great moments in 2020. Birthday celebrations, reunions, um, graduations, bar mitzvahs, bat mitzvahs, weddings. Send us video clips of great things that happened in 2020. MayorK at gmail.com, M-E-I-R-K-A-Y at gmail.com, M-E-I-R-K-A-Y at gmail.com and um and we thank you and uh hopefully your clip will make it into our kosher halftime show brought to you by the rothenberg law firm injurylawyer.com they are uh sponsoring presenting sponsor of this year's event and that happens on february the 7th on super bowl sunday february the 7th yeah we're looking forward to it. Feel free to comment on the app. Go to the NSN, Nachum Single Network app for Android and iPhone. Uh, please keep in mind Nachman Ben Esther Dina for Rafur Shlema. Nachman Ben Esther Dina for Rafur Shlema. We did get the Miami Yalavyavo on earlier. Um, that was for one of our listeners. And again, we thank you, those that uh, help us when someone is not well. We thank you for uh, taking on the task of praying for them. JM in the AM, brand new papa. Mordechai Shapiro and his wife are celebrating the birth of a baby girl. You may have noticed that on social media. 
Anyway, the Papa's here with Boker Tov at JM in the AM.
JM in the AM, Boker Tov. It's Mordechai Shapiro, Rosh Chodesh Shvat here at JM in the AM. Don't forget all the traditional additions for Rosh Chodesh. Tomorrow, it's uh, Friday, weekly update time tomorrow. Malcolm Holmline, Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations, will join us. Make sure to be tuned in. It's tomorrow morning, 7.40 a.m. Eastern time right here at JM in the AM. Rabbi David Goldwasser's words, Echonish Masarav, Zebunah and Lezecha Nishmas Esther Basarbios of Alevi. Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. Good morning. The great Rabbi Yisrael of Rizhen once noticed that one of the major challenges people will face in Ikvis of the Mashiach, the days before the arrival of Mashiach, will involve economic issues and financial matters. The Talmud describes two phases of life as being Koshin Kikriyas Yamsuf as difficult as the spilling of the sea. Shiduchim, matrimonial match, and parnasa, in livelihood. Omar Rabba Barbarchana, we learn in Talmud Bavli, Rabba Barbarchana said, Omar Rabbi Yochanan, in the name of Rabbi Yochanan, Bekashin lezavgon kekriyas yamsuf. It is as difficult as kriyas yamsuf, the splitting of the sea of reeds, to make a matrimonial match. We also learn, Omrav Shizbi, Mishmedu Rabbi Elozer ben Azaria, Koshim Mizonosu Shaladam, Kekriyas Yamsuf, that Parnasa, livelihood, is as difficult as splitting the sea. The great Bobavar Rabbi Reb Shlomo makes the following observation. There's a commonality in both of these. He notes that when a person gets married, his or her task is to establish a home that is a bastion of commitment, a beacon of light, a foundation for spiritual growth. The person must build up their amun and Hashem and evoke siyata dishmaya, divine assistance, in order to make progress in this undertaking. Similarly, providing a steady income for a family is an equally arduous task. The person's commitment their Amun and Hashem is often put to a demanding test. The ultimate challenge is to ascertain whether the individual will remain on the Derech HaEmes, the true road, through any difficulties they might encounter. Despite adversity, the Yid will be able to continue upholding the Torah, carefully following the Halacha, and always realize that Hashem is the provider who runs the entire world. With that emunan bitachon, a person is able to achieve great heights in life and to be the recipient of Hashem's finest blessings. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser bringing you morning chizik. Have a nice day. JM in the AM, you may recall just a month ago, and it's hard to believe it was just a month ago, we were in Dubai in the UAE. And uh, one of the many highlights of our journey was uh, reuniting with Rabbi Dr. Elia Abadi, who now, of course, uh, serves in the UAE um, as rabbi and community leader. And um, there's an amazing story that he uh, tweeted about. Um, and there are articles written about it already uh, out there, including one in the Jerusalem Post, about how the UAE government was very helpful uh, in a very specific episode having to do with members of the Jewish community. Rabbi Dr. Elia Abadi, who is driving around Dubai, I believe. Welcome back to JM in the AM. 
Thank you. Thank you, Nachum. It was a pleasure to see you when you were here. It was a great uh, reunion that we had. It certainly was. It was wonderful. This story yes. This story is pretty remarkable. On the 11th of January, just a couple of days ago, uh, Rabbi Elia Abadi, who's with us live via telephone of the Jewish Council of the Emirates in the UAE, thanked the government for helping to reunite two Jewish families after 21 years. The message was in Arabic, Hebrew, and English. The Emirates News Agency released, released new details about the UAE's fast response to the needs of the Jewish family. Rabbi Dr. Elia Abadi, could you give us some background and tell us what this story was all about? Sure, of course. As you said, I'm driving in between a uh, <laughs> municipal slaughterhouse and uh, the milk uh, milk place <laughs> as we are trying to create kosher meat and kosher halav Israel. And so that's what I've been doing all these days. Wow. That's exactly what I'm doing at this moment. But Amazing. let me tell you about this story. Uh, maybe three weeks ago, I received a phone call from a uh, family of the family from Yemen that live in London. Uh, as my position as the senior rabbi, he contacted me wanting uh, to try to save his family and uh, redeem them from there as they're going through difficulty, danger to their life, given the, the military situation there and given that they are Jewish. And he told me to please, please, please uh, try to find a way in which uh, the UAE can, uh, can save them and can uh, take them out. Uh, I got all the, um, the papers, uh, the names, the location, and everything, and I contacted the, the right person, the government that I uh, was aware of, who uh, will be able to, to, to do such operation. And uh, he told me, let me take a look, see what I can do. In two, three days, he got back to me. He said, we are going to take this operation, and we will do it. Uh, and I would say less than a week after that, uh, I got a phone call. They are here in Abu Dhabi safe and sound, wow. and we're going to reunite them with their family. And this this story actually happened with a couple of families, right? There were two families uh, yes, involved. Yes, there were two families, the, correct. The, it happened with two families, correct. Is this, I mean, this may sound uh, overstating the obvious, but um, is it only because of this new relationship between the UAE and Israel and the UAE and the Jewish community, an enhanced relationship, I should say, because we know that there has been one for the last few years, uh, with the Jewish community that made this happen? Yeah. Well, I would like to believe that, no, that the government of the UAE is a benevolent government who is very much interested in saving lives and uh, Jewish or not Jewish. So this would be an operation that they would have undertaken no matter what. Certainly take this operation after the Abrahamic Accords gives it a, 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 a greater presence or greater significance probably. And, and uh, that's why. And, and is it challenging for them? I can only imagine when you're dealing with Yemen or any neighboring country in the Middle East, it's got to be a really sensitive issue when you're saying to them, essentially, we're willing to take the people uh, you know, out of the situation in your country and give them safe haven in our country. Was that a very sensitive negotiation? Well, uh I don't know the exact details. There were sure negotiations, but there were also act, actual operations on the ground with, you know, boot, uh, boot people, so to speak. Right. Uh, and, of course, there was a complete blackout on those news uh, on anything. I mean, right. Nobody, I mean, there was only three people that, that knew about this. Uh, the family member, who was told to be completely quiet, myself, and the government uh, uh, person in charge of that. Um, and so, uh, yes. It was not until they were already safe and sound in Abu Dhabi 
that uh, that the, the information came out. All right. Um, is it possible that now other Jews living in Yemen are going to start turning to countries like the UAE to help them in these sensitive situations? I am sure. I don't know if the people inside Yemen can do that, but certainly if they have family or people that they know about them outside Yemen, then they will inform us. And as part of, of my, my job as a rabbi here is not just uh, giving kosher certification, leading a synagogue and, and, uh, and you know, relations with, with everybody else, but it's also being at that moment in which it's necessary to save lives, uh, to do pidyon shboim and hatzalat nefashot. Yeah, that's so. Uh, that's that's part of my responsibility also in this region. Yeah, maybe the most important part of your responsibility. So the key is that if people are in countries like Yemen or anywhere where they think they're in a precarious situation, the key is they need family members or advocates that are in free countries like like the United Kingdom that you described earlier in order to advocate for them and in order to start the the process moving outside of Yemen. Right. Well, it's not a question of advocacy. It's a question of having to know about them, right. having to know that they are in, in a dire situation. Uh, we don't have that information unless somebody brings that information to light to us. Yeah, so it's not a question of advocacy. It's just a question of giving us that knowledge that they need such help, that they need to be rescued. Then we could uh, go through the process and, uh, and do it. Yeah. I mean, you're right next door, so to speak. Uh, you know, right. to, to to countries that that are not the friendliest to members of the Jewish community, and frankly, countries that a lot of Jews probably want to leave. And obviously, I'm sp- I'm thinking of Iran and places like that. I mean, I I don't know if there are any similarities. And as you're describing, this does seem to be an exceptional situation. What just happened in terms of uh, the the families from Yemen, uh, but there there could be other groups of Jews in other areas of the Middle East are going to be turning to people like yourself and UAE leadership when they're when they know they can't turn to Israel because of the fractured relationship between certain countries and Israel they may they may actually turn to you to try to help save them yeah I am sure and I'm expecting that to happen but I'm also sure that the leadership of the UAE uh, they will look at case by case, and if they think that they can handle it and do it, they will gladly do it, I am sure. Right. Uh, they have to make sure also not to put anybody else in danger. If they know that they cannot do it for whatever reason, of course they will say, I'm sorry, we can't. But I am sure that if they have any possibility uh, to do it, they will do it no matter in which country uh, the people are. Rabbi Dr. Ali Abadi is with us. You may recall we spoke with him in, uh, in Dubai just a month ago face-to-face. Uh, during an amazing visit. You know, it's been just over a month since we were there, and the impression, at least on social media, is that the um, uh, the volume of kosher food availability, uh, the volume of uh, Jewish services in general, has grown tremendously in the last few weeks. Is that just an impression one gets if you're thousands of miles away? Or there on the ground, you could definitively say that, in fact, that is a fact. It has grown. It definitely has grown, but it needs to grow much more to be able to service the amount of uh, of Jews that are here and the amount of uh, kosher eating Jews here. But it has grown. Still not enough. Still not enough. How does Jewish tourism right now compare to a month ago? Because when we were there, uh, Hebrew was being yeah, spoken yeah. everywhere, and the volume, the number of Israelis that were there was astounding. 
you know, it has decreased significantly only because Israel demands now a 14-day quarantine or a 10-day quarantine for people coming from here. Right. And so many of those tourists canceled their, their trips here. They did not want to go back and wait for 14 days. Yet others have decided to stay here, to stay here indefinitely until, uh, until hopefully uh, Israel is completely vaccinated and then they can go back. Unbelievable. How's the vaccination process going in the UAE? Very well. UAE is the second country worldwide with the highest vaccination per capita. Well, that, we know that's a key they to They op- have vaccinated over 10% of their population. Hmm, interesting. And we know how key that is to opening up the border and, uh, and, and, and more freely welcoming in tourists from around the world, obviously. Um, Rabbi Dr. Ali Abadi, uh, has, has there been progress with your synagogue? If I'm not mistaken, uh, uh, you were just at the, uh, at the completion stage to actually opening up the new synagogue. Am I right about that? Okay, we are right. Yeah, we're still uh, doing it at the, at the hotel for now, uh, but we are in the process of, uh, of looking for a permanent place and uh, looking to do it, and uh, we have the full support of, uh, of the government. And uh, are you getting a nice crowd on Shabbat in the hotel? Yeah, we are. We are. We are. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. Have you you decided on which language to give your sermon in with all the languages you know? Well, I pepper it. I pepper it depending on who are our guests. I definitely say a few words in Arabic for respect to the country that's hosting us. Uh, Hebrew, of course, and depending if we have from Spanish-speaking countries or or uh, French-speaking countries, I pepper my uh, my sermons and my speeches with many of those expressions. Right. So, so, those so English is not a priority. <laughs> <laughs> That's the natural one. Uh, only if the Americans are visiting, then you'd reconsider. Yeah. Uh, always yeah. a, a great story. I'm sure you're honored to be at the center of it, frankly, and that you were a conduit uh, for these families from Yemen to reunite with their family uh, from Europe. It must have been an amazing feeling. I am, yes, definitely, definitely. Tad- I had the food and the, and, and the merit to do so. Tadarabah to you and continued success and best regards to everybody in Dubai. Will do. Please come and visit us again. Bezrat Hashem. Believe you me, we want to. Rabbi Dr. Eli Abadi, everybody. He uh, leads the uh, Jewish community, Jewish Council of the Emirates in the UAE. And um, he thanked the government publicly, internationally, for helping to reunite two Jewish families after 21 years. The message was uh, distributed in Arabic, Hebrew, and English, all courtesy of him and his ability. And um, as you heard, it was a pretty secretive, clandestine negotiation, mission, call it whatever you want. But uh, in the end, um, a couple of Jewish families have left Yemen and have been reunited with family uh, from outside of Yemen, which is, uh, as we know these days, is certainly a good thing. JM in the AM, more coming up. You're listening to a Rosh Chodesh morning. Rosh Chodesh morning edition, uh, Thursday morning edition of JM in the AM at a quarter before 8 o'clock. Peyomi 
Guinness Wein. Mein Herz braucht ein paar Wein, wie ein Fieber, wenn Kopf ist der Klein. Ich kenne das so nicht gern, mein Herz ist sicher daheim, wenn ja in Ruhe, wo es riecht. Sind wir, was schäffen wir die?
J.M. in the A.M. with Avramel. It's Avram Fried wrapping up the hour with that medley off of Project Relax with Avram Fried and Shulam Brot. Hodul Hashem, words from Hallel with Yehuda. Mea Pa'amim, that was Micha Gammerman. And this is America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at NachumSiegel.com, on the NachumSiegel Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. Well, at some point over the last couple of weeks, it just... Um, <laughs> It just became obvious that there was an avalanche of releases uh, from our friends at Art Scroll, and we can't always get the author or the uh, or people involved in a project, a specific project on the air. Uh, so we figured we'd uh, we'd invite on Rabbi Yitzchak Hiziger, who's an editor at Art Scroll and host of the Inside Art Scroll series, and just go through some of the material that's out there so people could take advantage of the uh, releases of the offerings from Art Scroll. And I remind all of our listeners that everything on the Art Scroll website, including everything that we're going to be discussing today, is a 10% off, no minimum free shipping with promo code radio. Again, that's 10% off, no minimum free shipping with promo code radio. Take advantage. Rabbi Yitzchak Hiziger, editor at Art Scroll, host of Inside Art Scroll. Welcome back to JM in the AM. Thank you, Nachum. Good morning. Guten Chodesh. It's a privilege to be with you. I appreciate that. Guten Chodesh is right on this Rosh Chodesh Shvat. And we have, I mean, I have a pile of material here. I want to say right away, I'm going to say right off the bat, because I don't know if we're going to do a minute on each piece or we're going to do a few minutes on each. But the reality is that if we run out of time, we're going to have to already plan for a part two because... Uh, you're familiar with some of the material I've been sent this week. I'm literally sitting with a tower, a tower of art scroll offerings in front of me, uh, which we're going to start going through. So uh, you've seen this up close and personal. However, the last few weeks, uh, a tremendous amount has been released, right? Yes, there's tons going on. There's a lot to talk about. I'm excited to talk about it with you. Um, but before we do so, I'd like to, if you don't mind, Sure. Uh, use this opportunity for two things. Number one, I'd like to wish a good morning to my dear parents, but specifically my mother, Mrs. Raina Hiziger, who's an avid Nachum Siegel listener. <laughs> We're talking about since the 80s. Wow. <laughs> she's, been, she's been spending the mornings with you. So I would like to wish her a good morning. And I'd also like to uh, give a shout-out to one of my favorite people, your brother, Rabbi Chaim Nachum Siegel, who is so kind and so encouraging, calls me from time to time, just to give me some feedback, tell us how, you know, how we got to keep doing what we're doing at Art Scroll. And so Rabbi Siegel uh, out in Staten Island, we want to thank him for his chizuk. And I'm, I'm thanking him personally for the encouragement and all the kind words that he shares with me. I'd also like to take this opportunity to thank you, Nachum. Uh, it was not that long ago, a few weeks ago, that you were kind enough 
to come down to Art Scroll headquarters in Rahway, New Jersey, and you sat down with me for an inside Art Scroll conversation. It was a riveting conversation. I'm still getting feedback from people who have listened to the interview either on a podcast platform or they've watched it on uh, on the various websites where our interviews go out. And um, it was it was really intriguing to sit with you and for you to provide some fascinating background into your career, into how you've gotten to where you are, and also fascinating to hear the passion with which you spread the message of Art Scroll. And you, you really connect to what we're doing. And it, I must tell you, Nachum, you give us a lot of chizuk by how excited you get with each release. There's so much work and so much time put in by, from the top down, from Rabbi Gedalia's Lottowitz and Rabbi Aaron's Lottowitz, to the rest of the team, Rabbi Sherman, Rabbi Brander, all the graphic designers, the writers, the Tamid Chachamim, as Rabbi Meir's Lottowitz called it, a genius cluster. <laughs> and it really is... It really is a genius cluster, a, a collection of some of the brightest minds in the publishing industry, but there's so much effort that goes into it, and your passion and excitement is kind of that cherry on top, that validation that what we're doing is resonating with the masses. So thank you, Nachum, and I'm excited to get into some more specifics about the various projects that have been released of late. Well, I appreciate that very, very much. I'm glad to hear that uh, my uh, comments uh, did not cause any controversy during that interview, which I'm very happy about. <laughs> not at all. Actually, not from the most common question after people told me how much they enjoyed it, is people wanted to know, why were we sitting on those seemingly uncomfortable stools? Why couldn't you sit, why couldn't you sit in a regular chair? And I, I have to explain to them that due to your greatness <laughs> to your sheer greatness physical we greatness right physical, physical greatness. greatness well said rabbi Hesiger. well said but yes folks when you are when you are my size you have to think a thousand times about the setting that you're actually going to be sitting in that people will see you in and uh, they were very accommodating over there at the arts girl studios to say the least. Uh, all right. So we have an entire list, or as I call it, a massive tower of offerings out there in no particular order, if you don't mind, Rabbi Hizger, no particular order. And like I said, if we have to have you back, we'll have you back just to go through the rest. But there are so many things there. Uh, there's a book called Ask the Rabbi, Honest Answers to Candid Questions from Live Q&A Sessions with Rabbi Chaim Mintz. This is, I mean, we're talking about an almost 400-page book. Um, I guess I guess you, you you'd call this a, a combination of of uh, emuna and musser. Would that be the right way of putting it? I, I don't know that it's emuna and musser. What I would say is to simplify it. Ask the rabbi, which by the way is an amazing book. Whoever whoever has picked it up, and we're talking about people who are from from birth, not necessarily those who are who have come to Judaism later in their life, but even people who were born into a from environment have many questions in Hashkafa that are somewhat complex and are not always answered in the course of day-to-day, you know, from Chinuch. Right. And what Reb Chaim Mintz, who's the Mashkiach of Yeshiva of Staten Island, and is not scared to take on difficult, somewhat daunting issues related to Judaism, what he does is, in a very candid and clear manner, he takes on these topics. You know, uh, what, some of my favorite ones are 
um, I'm trying to think, why would a compassionate God put us through Gehenna? Right. I mean, that's a, that's a question that some people have thought about but may not want to articulate. And Rabbi Mintz and his students who have helped put together this book, what they've done is a tremendous service to Klal Yisrael by tackling the issues head-on. You know, why do bad things happen to good people? Uh, how do we understand the terrorist attack taking place in a shul? People are davening to the Rabbi Shalom. Mm-hmm. How, how are we as from Yidden supposed to understand that? How do we understand Gilgulim, reincarnations? Why did Hashem create so many religions in the world? These are just fascinating topics that Rabbi Mintz tackles in this book. And I'm telling you, people who pick it up tell me that they can't put it down. The questions are, are the types of queries that people think about but don't necessarily articulate. And Rabbi Mintz offers clear, understandable answers. They're brief answers, so it's not like you have to delve into this deep intellectual uh, discussion of many pages. They're short to the point, and you'll, you'll, no matter what the question and no matter what the answer, every person will leave reading this book with a greater, greater clarity of some of the fundamentals of Judaism. And that's a priceless gift that Rabbi Mintz has given us. Part, uh, parts of this book include the Amunah and Bitachan perspective, understanding tragedy, Orthodox beliefs and theological ideals, Mashiach and life in other worlds, Jewish law and reasons for what we do. In fact, there's a question here of why we say half halal on Rosh Chodesh, which of course applies exactly. applies to today. Uh, so check it out, everybody. It's uh, it's 183 different questions with really a uh, uh, an amazing perspective, and as Rabbi Hizgir said. Uh, pretty short responses, so you don't have to worry about uh, uh, getting lost in an answer to these questions. It's Ask the Rabbi, Honest Answers to Candid Questions, live Q&A sessions with Rabbi Chaim Mintz. Uh, that is from Art Scroll, done in conjunction uh, with Ura. Uh, the Sefer Zera Shimshon, the classic Torah commentary of Rabbi Shimon Chaim Nachmani, has been translated, annotated, and elucidated. I am holding Sefer Shmos, Parshio Shmos, through Bo. Tell everybody, what is the Sefer Zeresh Shimshon? This is a fascinating Sefer, and it deserves, you know, the proper time and treatment. Uh, I was there recently to interview on Inside Art Scroll Rabbi Binyamin Pashkis, who is one of those together with the Rabbi Zilberberg. They're responsible, and credit goes to them for disseminating the Torah of the Zeresh Shimshon who Reb Shimshir Chaim Nachmeni was an 18th century Rav in Italy. Italy at the time was a major center of Tyra. And what's fascinating is that the Zerah Shimshin, despite having been written, what, about 250 years ago, basically lay dormant for many, many years, and people were not familiar with, it, with, with his writing. So that alone is a fascinating thing. Uh, it was about 10 years ago that Rabbi Nachman Seltzer wrote an article about it, and there's a history that we won't have time to get into here. But basically there grew a movement of those who were connected to the Zara Shimshin for a very, very unique reason. And that is as follows. Rabbi Nachmeni, who was a native of Modena, he died in 1779. He basically lived at the same time as the Arachayim HaKadosh, to give people some perspective. He had one son who died at a young age, and 
Rev. Shimshin Chaim Nachmeni made an unusual request that anyone who learns his writings in the Zerah Shimshin or the Tolda Shimshin, those are his two, two svarim, they're promised with abundant blessings. And he delineates in his introduction that they'll be blessed with Parnassa and children, etc. And, you know, Klal Yisrael connects to Segulais. You know, uh, there is no shortage of needs. Merubim Tzarchei as we say, people need Parnassa, children, Shaduchim. People are looking for ways to amass Zechosim. And when you have someone who lived 250 years ago promising you that if you study his writings, that he'll advocate on your behalf above for the blessings that you need in your life, it, it talks to you. But as Miriam Zakon, one of our editors in Eretz Yisrael, put it so well, people have come to the Zerashimshin for the Segula, but they've stayed for the Tyra. Hmm. And what she, me- what she meant was that of course, the school is what gets people's attention, but the Torah thoughts of Reb Shimshim Chaim Nachmeni are so insightful and so practical on the weekly Parsha that you end up having a great appreciation for what he's offering. And, and, what, and whatever we understand of school is, and definitely uh, far be it from me to uh, try to come off as an expert on school is. Now, but, I'm holding a 700-page safer, which is only on three partios. Exactly. So this project was undertaken by Art Scroll. Again, Rabbi Gedalia Zlatowicz is a visionary. He looks ahead. He sees what people need. He understands. You know, he kind of has his finger on the pulse. And he understood that there were many people who would like to tap into the Torah of the Zerashimshin. But the writing is not so easy to understand, even if you have a grasp of Lush and Kodesh. It's a challenging text to navigate. And Artsko put together a team led by Rabbi Shmuel Kersner, Rabbi Aaron Lipschitz, Rabbi Yosef Asher Weiss, and others uh, to elucidate the text, word-for-word elucidation, of the Zerashimshin, accompanied by a commentary with insights to kind of enhance our understanding of the Zerashimshin. And the volume you're holding was beautifully designed by our own the legendary Rabbi Shia Brander. What this, this Zerashimshin set is projected to be 10 volumes. Wow. The first volume that you're holding is Shmoisva E Rabbi. Right. The volume of Beshalach and Yisri just went to print yesterday. I was standing in the Archco bindery and I saw them putting it on the printer. Um, we are going to be taking somewhat of a break then, till Devarim, and we'll kind of be going, releasing volumes as the Parshios HaShavuah pass. We'll be releasing volumes gradually. It's a two-and-a-half-year project to get out the whole ten-volume set. Wow. But this is an, this is an incredible revelation. I want to share somewhat of an, an analogy Earlier this year, not that long ago, we released the Beis HaLevi on Betachem, right. which is an essay of the Beis HaLevi on fundamental concepts in belief and Jewish faith. And what's fascinating about the Beis HaLevi on Betachem that many people may not know is that that essay was sat in a suitcase for decades, till 1985. The Beis HaLevi's essay on Betachem was not known, and then it was initially printed as part of the Beis HaLevi's 
commentary on Chumash, and then people released it as a small pamphlet on Betachin. And then Rabbi David Sutton did the service by taking the Shar the uh, I'm sorry, not the Shar Betachin, but the Beis Halevi on Betachin, right. and and also elucidating and releasing it in the art scroll Beis Halevi on Betachin. Why do I bring up the Beis Halevi on Betachin? Because ask any one knowledgeable with Torah works, and they'll say, "Oh, Beis Halevi on Betachin." Of course, it's uh, such a famous work. But they may not realize that till 1985, no one knew about it. And the Rabbanu Shlalom gave us a gift in the release of the Beit HaLevi Amatachan. And now, the Dereshimshu, which has been around, but for whatever reason hasn't gained popularity till now, the Rabbanu Shlalom has allowed Slal Yisrael to now taste the beauty and the sweetness of the Dereshimshu's commentary on Chumash. And I think that the popularity is only going to grow over time. And thanks to people like Rabbi Pashkas and Rabbi Zuberberg and others, there are newsletters containing uh, weekly snippets from the Zer Shimshin. And I must mention, Nachum, that your very own Rabbi David Goldwasser delivers a daily shear in Zer Shimshin over the phone. I believe that some, some kind of number, like a thousand people, call in every single day to hear Rabbi Goldwasser's own explanation of the Zarashimshin. So this is a movement, and it's going to grow, and Art Scroll is growing with it by providing this elucidation of the Zarashimshin's commentary. It's a very exciting project. Uh, I must say a tremendous thanks goes out to the visionary sponsors, including the Haas family, who have sponsored the general project, and the individual sponsors who have taken on to sponsor individual volumes and the Sidarim of the Chumash. By the way, uh, anybody who has this volume already, Shmos uh, through Bo, uh, pay careful attention to the first drush in um, in Parshas Va'era for tomorrow night at the Shabbos table. It's an amazing drush about Shem Hashem. Uh, for those of you who want to uh, explore that topic, which is a fascinating one, you'll see it there in the Safer Zera Shimshon. All right, that's available, of course, uh, as is Ask the Rabbi, which was the first one that we went through. You mentioned Skula before. I want to give a uh, a shout-out to Rabbi Nachman Seltzer, A Tiny Taste of Heaven. We spoke to him on the air about it, about Hafrashas Chala, but you just mentioned in your presentation a moment ago about the uh, Jewish uh, people's connection to Skulos. And uh, I don't think we've seen any more active schooler right now in this era than the Hafrashas Chala one uh, that people turn to. So I wanted to give a shout-out to Rabbi Seltzer, and people should be aware of that book as well. 100%. The, the, the book is an interesting one. Many people would be surprised to hear that there's a whole book just on Hafrashas Chala. <laughs> yes, but, agreed. Uh, <laughs> Rabbi, Rabbi Seltzer, who's a prolific author, uh, you and I both marvel at his ability who put out books seemingly every half a year or so. And uh, he connected with Nava Ben Moshe, who's a, a dynamic woman out in Los Angeles, originally from Israel. She and her husband run the Ma'ar Kira Center there. And she's spread awareness of Yiddishkeit in general and Afrasha Schala in particular. And from her experiences, she's gleaned amazing, amazing stories. She gives Unbelievable shiurim. She's a dynamic speaker. She has a treasure trove of stories. And Rabbi Seltzer took those stories and compiled them into a book. And I think what's unique about Afrashat Chala is that it's an easy mitzvah. 
and an easy way to reach Jewish hearts. Yep. And uh, if I remember correctly, she ends the book by saying that we all have to do our part to reach out to those of our brethren who perhaps aren't as connected to their heritage as we want them to be. And whatever small thing we could do to influence someone toward the path of Torah and mitzvot, that's our responsibility. And Afrash Chala gives us that ability. And uh, this book is a very, very special book. You'll pick, you know, people will pick it up and read it. It's very uplifting, very warm. And uh, kudos to Rabbi Seltzer for another masterpiece. Tiny Taste of Heaven is what it's called, everybody. Uh, Rabbi uh, Yitzchak Hiziger is with us. He's editor at Art Scroll. He's host of uh, Inside Art Scroll. And the brand new book is called Rav Yaakov Bender on Chumash. Many of us are familiar with Rabbi Bender and his, uh, not, not just his... Uh, um, uh, incredible uh, leadership in the community, but also his uh, uh, unique approach to uh, Jewish education and how successful he's been in that area. And now he has a, a book of classic Torah insights and inspiring stories of Gedolei Yisrael for a beloved Rosh Hashiva, Rabbi Yaakov Bender. And by the way, Rabbi Hizgar, I always like pointing out um, that uh, this week, if someone gets Rabbi Bender on Chumash, uh, they will see an amazing discussion of why in this week's Parsha, in one Pasuk, Aaron comes before Moshe when they're mentioned together, and in the next Pasuk, uh, Moshe comes before Aaron. And again, with Jewish education and approach to an approach to other people in mind, Rabbi Bender has amazing insights. Rabbi Bender has a unique ability to connect to people. He's a legend in the field of Jewish education, as you mentioned. But I think what's, what's amazing about this Sefer is that it's not just another Sefer on the Parsha. It, the Divrei the Torah are relatable and repeatable. Yep. And the stories that Rabbi Bender shares from Torah giants with whom he connected, like Rabbi Shalom Shvadron, Rabbi Shmuel Birnbaum, Rabbi Shmuel Brudny, and others, these are stories that you won't necessarily find anywhere else. And they're told in Rabbi Bender's inimitable, endearing way. Um, there's a story there. I mean, there are so many great stories in this book, Nachum. There's a story there, I believe it's in Parsha's Boy, that just, can, just was so heartwarming. There's, there was a famous member of Knesset, Rabbi Avram Ravitz. Yeah. And before he was a member of the Knesset, people may not know, he was a Rosh Yeshiva. Right. And uh, there was a bacher in the yeshiva. I'm, I'm paraphrasing. I have to remember the story exactly. But there was a bacher in the yeshiva who was Machal Shabbos. And Rabbi Ravitz felt he had no choice but to expel the student from the yeshiva because it was going to impact the other students negatively. And he calls the bacher in, and he tells the student, you know, I, I regret to let you know that I, I, I must release you from the yeshiva. Right. <laughs> and the student and the student turns to him and says, "You know, I accept what you're saying, but please do me a favor. Don't tell my parents that the reason why I'm being expelled is because of my desecration of Shabbos. I'm concerned about the amount of pain that that's going to cause them. Right? Tell them that. Tell them I'm changing yeshivas because I want a new start. I want to refresh. Right? Please don't tell them that the reason is because of full Shabbos. And Rabbi Ravitz listened to the boy and then told him, could you do me a favor and join us in this yeshiva? And the bacha was confused <laughs> because he was just expelled. 
he's just expelled, and here the Rashiva is asking him to join the yeshiva. Yeah, and fa- Rabbi, Ravitz, and Rabbi Ravitz's response was that if a student in a moment of expulsion could think with sensitivity about how his parents are going to feel when they find out that their student, that their son was sent from a yeshiva because of Chol Shabbos, if he could think with such sensitivity, then there's greatness within, and I want that type of student in my yeshiva. Yeah. And Rabbi Bender personifies the combination of Menschlichkeit with Torah. He's all about growing his students in Torah and Avoida and Avoida Hashem. But every message of Rabbi Bender is accompanied by a lesson in being a mensch. And that's why uh, in my interview with him on Inside Art School, he mentioned that children are often so excited when they see snow falling outside and they find out that they have a snow day <laughs> and they're going to be off from school. Right. But he, he quoted his Rebbe, Rabbi Shmuel Brodny, who said that children must temper their excitement when they see snow outside because what that means is that the next day, when it freezes over, there are elderly people who won't be able to leave their house because of a fear of slipping and hurting themselves. Right. We must, we must always think of the other person. And Rabbi Bender's message about caring for others and also showing how each child and each adult could be a great person, how we each have balanced potential, is a message for our time. It's a message we need to hear. It's a message that runs through this entire book, which is written in such a down-to-earth, practical way. So with the Divrei Torah and with the stories, we walk away with a message of feeling proud of who we are as a member of Chal Yisrael, proud to be Hashem's children, with the knowledge that we each have the ability to tap into our own greatness. It's a, it's a fabulous safer. There's a reason why it's selling so well. There's a reason why in an age when Parsha books are not necessarily the hottest-selling item, Rabbi Yaakov Bender has shown why his approach to Chinuch and his approach to leadership is so, so unique. Rabbi Yaakov Bender on Chumash, check it out, everybody, and specifically check out the first Vart on uh, Va'era. You'll find it intriguing, especially in light of uh, how important uh, Jewish education is. All right, Rabbi Hizger, we got two minutes, and I apologize, but but this is good because we'll, we're going to schedule a part two, please, God, for next week if you're available because there's so much Absolutely. to talk about. We haven't even touched the books about Rav Kalevsky and Rabbi Gissinger, and we haven't. Uh, we, we're we're going to have Rabbi Bamberger on next week, Bezrat Hashem, so we'll, he'll be able to speak about his uh, brand new one. I know, I know you wanted to say a word about Envoy from Vienna. Is that something that's expected out? Yes. Envoy from Vienna, I'll just mention uh, quickly, is the latest uh, volume in the Strasbourg series by Avner Gold. Many people may know the name Avner Gold from his classic books over the years on historical fiction. He is the premier Jewish writer when it comes to historical fiction. He's, he's brilliantly written books like uh, The Promised Child, The Dream, The Year of the Sword, Twilight, The Imposter, I know I'm leaving some out, The Purple <laughs> Rings. These are books that many people are familiar with. But I just want to mention Envoy from Vienna uh, is coming out. It's a book that focuses on the period of 1668 to 1670. And it uses a fictional character named Alicia Ringel, who encounters the decision of the Queen of Spain to expel the Jews from Vienna 
and he accepts the mission to serve as a secret envoy uh, on behalf of the Jewish people, and he's ambushed and he's pursued, and only Avner Gold could take a period of time in the, in the 1600s, the 17th century, and bring it to life where people in 2021 will read it and be absolutely fascinated by it. Uh, there's one more book in the Avner Gold series coming out in a few months. This is a classic series, and I think everyone will enjoy it immensely. So thank you for mentioning it, and uh, definitely another feather in the cap of the Avner Gold series. And, and I just have to mention before you go, and, and I hope next week we'll have an opportunity to go into this more, um, this unbelievable Mizmar Latoda Tehillim, the illustrated Tehillim, is one of the most amazing uh, Tehillim publications I've ever seen. The artwork is incredible. Uh, the uh, the English introductions to each of the uh, Pirkei Tehillim, to each chapter of Tehillim, just amazing. I think that between this and the Tehillim Mechuluk, between the two of them, uh, and the Mechuluk, of course, is the one that... Um, uh, that is divided up into you know into into parts so that everybody in a in a synagogue, for instance, can just take one and in a period of minutes, the entire Tehillim could be said by the entire crowd. I think these two Tehillim publications are going to increase people's awareness of saying Tehillim and their desire, frankly, to say Tehillim. There's no doubt about it. Listen, the words of David Amelech and Tehillim are timeless. David Amelech doesn't need our help promoting his words. Kalal Israel has connected to Tehillim uh, in a very special way. However, there is a certain amazing element in imagery that brings the words Tehillim to life. And the Waxburger Tehillim, which you refer to, with, a, with a, just amazing artistry for each capital, really does enhance the recital of Tehillim. And it's a great gift item, but it's also a great gift for oneself. Because when you sit in front of such a Tehillim and you say the words and you look at the way the artist conveys the messages and the feeling, the hergish of Tehillim, it really, really does enhance Tehillim in a very unique way. 100%. Uh, and we'll get more into it next time we speak. Uh, Rabbi Hesiger, great job. Sorry we didn't get to everything, but hey... <laughs> you know, sometimes it takes time to describe everything to everyone and to uh, get people excited about uh, these works, which are just remarkable. Uh, information about all this, everybody, at artscroll.com, artscroll.com. Enjoy 10% discount with promo code radio and free shipping and no minimum. Always use promo code radio when you go to artscroll.com. Rabbi Yitzchak Kiesiger is, uh, is an editor at Artscroll and host of Inside Artscroll. Thank you so much, and please, God, we'll speak again very soon. Yes, I'm looking forward, Nachum. You know, the... They say in the world of Jewish publishing that the period of January, February, there's supposed to be a lull in the action because it's kind of post-Hanukkah, but it's not yet Purim. But somehow at Art Scroll, there's so much going on, and, uh, and the readers are responding. So we're excited. I look forward to speaking to you again, and we'll keep uh, highlighting these volumes, which aim to enhance our service of Hashem. And we thank you, Nachum, again for your part in disseminating that message. My pleasure. Thanks so much for joining us. More coming up. It's JM in the AM. I <laughs> say, 
Shlomo Simcha with us say here at JM and the AM. Rosh Chodesh Shvat. A good Chodesh, everybody. A very happy Rosh Chodesh. All the traditional additions for Rosh Chodesh today, including Yalav Yavo and Half Hallel and special Torah reading and Musaf and Baruch Inafshi. Keep it all in mind. Of course, whatever your custom calls for. Keep that all in mind as we uh, kick off a, well, I don't know if we're kicking off. We're in the middle of Rosh Chodesh Shvat here at JM and the AM. Uh, many of you have heard of the news uh, this week of the passing of uh, Sheldon Adelson. And uh, we wanted to get a perspective on just how vital a figure he has been in the Jewish world for decades. Our good friend Phil Rosen knew him well. Phil, of course, as you know, vice chair of uh, at Yeshiva University and uh, Birthright Israel, American Friends of Lee Kud. Uh, but in this case, uh, we've invited him on to discuss how a billionaire philanthropist can make such a difference in the Jewish world. Phil Rosen, a pleasure to welcome you back to JM and the AM. Good morning, Nelson. Thank you. It's great to be back. It's great to follow a great presentation by Art Scroll. I'm a big fan of Art Scroll. Oh, yeah. Your, your family is well-connected to Art Scroll. That's yeah. right. We, we dedicated the Siddur, the right. old Hebrew Ashkenaz Siddur, Yitzchak Yair. Yeah, I told you I have boys uh, in my family who refuse to use any, any other sitter, frankly. Right. Uh, right. It, it has be, it has become such a state. People now, now that people realize that, you know, um, which sitter we're talking about, if they now, when you pay attention, folks, next time you go to shul, there's a good chance that that's the, the staple of your synagogue is that sitter, uh, Yitzchak Yair, yeah. that, uh, that Phil just mentioned. Uh, how many years ago did you first meet Sheldon Adelson? So we met, I would say, maybe 20 years ago. Um, we met, we sat on a board together and we happened to sit near each other at a meeting and we got into talking or whispering during the meeting and, uh, we developed a relationship, um, relationship intensified tremendously when I got very interested in birthright Right. and, um, he asked me to join the board and I did. And now I'm vice chair of birthright. Um, Sheldon Adelson, um, you know, you can make comparisons to other billionaires. You make comparisons to past um, very wealthy Jews. The only comparison that even comes close is the Rothschild family. And the reason for that is because they each decided to change the future. Not the present, just, but the future as well. And... um, 
kind of amazing when somebody decides to do that. You know, he knew what his money was doing. So birthright brings people back to Judaism. So far, it's brought 750000 When Sheldon first joined Birthright, he didn't start it. Two wonderful men, um, Charles Bronfman and Michael Steinhardt, started the organization. But Sheldon basically gave it a, a, a new force. When Sheldon joined, Birthright was sending, you know, five, ten thousand 10,000 um, young Jews to Israel. When he got involved, we moved the numbers up to 50,000 a year, and it's been 50,000 a year up till COVID every year, um, which is magnificent. If you think about it, literally Birthright has a 99% success record that people claim that Birthright forms a new connection to Judaism, um, changes their lives. And... Sheldon decided that he was going to change the lives of tens, hundreds of thousands of Jews, you know young what, Jews. You know what's interesting? And look, I mean, you know, anybody, anybody knows this, whether they're a business person or not. It's all about, or, or I shouldn't say it's all about, it's so, it, it's so much about return on investment. And when someone like him realizes the number of, of Jews and the number of young Jews that he whose lives he could change with a big check like you just described they took they take that return on investment very very seriously and i think so that true. those are the types of projects he looked for right even, even when you think of even when you think of what he did with the newspaper in israel he looked at it as a yep. way to reach hundreds of thousands of people at a time yep he he realizes he he realized that uh, his money could make a difference in the world. And it's not, you know, the amazing thing is there are, thank God, there are a good number of Jewish billionaires, but very few, in fact, just one, step up like Sheldon did and decide that they're going to change the lives of the Jewish people, of the Jewish future. I mean, it's mind-boggling what he did. And what he's what his money is going to continue to do. I mean, his wife was fully his partner side by side, and Mary is going to continue his efforts with Birthright and with other organizations that they got involved with. They really want to be the force um, that changes the future. And um, you know, so many people have worked so many years on cure of project. This is the most successful cure project by far in history. Phil Rosen with us, remembering Sheldon Adelson. Uh, Phil, um, why are there so many people in our community with um, tremendous resources who don't want to be involved in these types of activities? And why, thank God, are there so many people in our community with these types of resources that do want to be involved in these types of activities? So I think one you know, excuse that's given by people is that they don't think that they can make a difference. And Sheldon proved that every single person can make a difference. You know, the amazing thing about birthright, just to give it a little pause over there, is that um, every $3,000 changes a life. Right. So... 
So if somebody has, if somebody has limited funds and they're wondering, you know, do they need do they need to have an Adelson bank account to make a difference? The answer is no. <laughs> they can make, this is this is the example we always use that you know, for for some people, you know, twenty dollars is the is the difference between a stressful Shabbos and a peaceful Shabbos. You know, so people should keep that in mind. So no matter what people have in the bank or what they're capable of giving. Uh, if they if they look, they're going to find ways to really change people's lives. You bet. Sheldon told the story. I mean, one of the things that uh, stood out about him in the last few months was he made a decision that the employees of his casino company, um, Las Vegas Sands, were going to continue to receive their paycheck, right? Even even though the casino was closed, right. even though they weren't working, they were they were out and. Uh, he decided not one paycheck was going to be was going to be left behind. Right. And um, when people asked him why, he gave a great story. He said that when his father would come home from work, his father was was very he, he describes him as very poor. And he said his father would come home from work and he put money in the pushka. And um, he asked his father, "I don't understand. We could use the money." probably more than some other people. He said, no, there's always some, excuse me, there's always somebody who could use it more than we can. Mm. And that, that's Sheldon's belief that always was. So if that's a message for people out there, there's always somebody who could use the money more than you can. No question about it. Phil Rosen's with us. Look, you, we've, we've told this audience a million times that nobody knows the Prime Minister of Israel better than you do. Why did the two of them get along so well? I get it ideologically, you know, but but it was more than that. It, it, the, the way they behaved with each other and the way they appreciated each other looked a lot more than just being aligned ideologically. How would you describe the Adelson Netanyahu relationship? No, they both they both had the same view about the Jewish future and about Israel. They knew that strengthening Israel was strengthening the Jewish people forever. And that's what each of them considered. Um, so Netanyahu did it by strengthening the country in all sorts of ways, economically, um, militarily, uh, diplomatically. And um, Sheldon did it by strengthening the, the Jewish future, by making sure that there's a connection between hundreds of thousands of American and European, etc., Canadian Jews, making sure they have a connection to Israel that would last forever. I think the biggest advocates on college campuses, one, one of Sheldon's causes was also um, strengthening um, the Jewish fight back on college campuses against right. BDS. And the strongest fighters in that effort were always the birthright kids, because they, they knew they came back from an educational, a 10-day educational experience that taught them so much about Israel and the arguments for the Jewish future. He, and, he literally uh, he literally created advocates for Israel, which is amazing. <laughs> we need them he everywhere. Did. <laughs> he did. He did created, you know, seven hundred fifty thousand of them. Yeah, and that's the beauty of it. I think, you know, if you think about Jewish causes, you know, it's it's so hard to measure success with birthright. It's not so hard at all. We have people at uh, Brandeis, um, the, Dr. Sachs. Who um, who measures every um, couple of years the success of birthright? How are we doing? 
Um, remember that famous Ed Koch line, how are we doing? Right. How am I doing? How so I doing? We, we measure birthright success um, in a lot of different ways, but the connection to Israel and the connection to Judaism is the main way. And, uh, you know, the amazing things that have come out of birthright, things like um, marriages, you know, the Michael Steinhardt used to say that any two birthright kids get married, that he would um, he would pay for the honeymoon. It became too expensive, and he stopped paying. Um, but that's uh, the I, I didn't even know that. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> Bill Rosen is with us. Finally, look, it's no secret um, that he was a big fan of getting Donald Trump into the White House, obviously. Um, the, the way the news, I'm not talking about Jewish news sources, I'm not talking about people like us, but the way the news media in general has been focusing on Shelley Adelson's passing, um, they, they note that all the influence he had in this White House, and therefore the embassy was moved, the Iran deal was canceled, etc., etc., I don't know how much of that is really attributed to him, but would you say that one of the ways he changed the future was by getting involved on the American political scene and being in a position with Trump in office to actually, I don't want to say make demands, but to make strong suggestions like the ones I just described? Yeah, definitely. I, I think um, the way Sheldon looked at uh, his involvement of the Republican Party through the RJC and other organizations, he always looked at it, JINSA, one of the other organizations, um, he always looked at it as how will this affect Israel and the Jewish people. Every single thing that passed through his desk, um, he looked at it with that, that eye, and uh, that was an amazing thing about him. You know, we would talk about uh, candidates. You know, I, I've spoken to him uh, hundreds of times about different candidates, and every time um, the focus was how will this candidate help Israel? Wow! Um, and uh, it's just amazing that he was—he was so focused on Israel and the Jewish people, and that's—that's that's the greatness of Sheldon Adelson. That'll go down in history as uh, one of the greatest Balit Staka in the history of the Jewish people, and one of the greatest advocates for Israel and the Jewish people was Sheldon Adelson. And we all have the ability to do it. We may not have the resources. We may not get the same publicity. We may not be known internationally, but we all have the ability at every level to do what you just described, to advocate for Israel, to fight for the future of Israel and the Jewish people, and, of course, in uh, in many ways, even if in, in small ways, to make sure that people who are in greater need than us have what they need. Phil Rosen, I thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you. We, will we, should only, we should only follow in his ways and his footsteps and try our best do the best we can to help Israel and the Jewish people. Amen. And you you do it every day, Nachum, so thank you. I appreciate that very much. And yes, people wonder about lessons learned from someone like a casino magnet, right? A magnate in the casino industry. Here's an opportunity to learn how one can, uh, uh, no matter what your background and position, can make a difference out there, especially for the future of Israel and the Jewish people. Thursday morning broadcast, Rosh Chodesh Shvat. My thanks to Phil Rosen. My thanks to all of you for tuning in. More coming up. It's JM in the AM.
Asanissima, Asanissima, I say no. Asanissima, I say no. Vigalai sameya vedus lichelus. Vigalai sameya vedus lichelus. Misha sani sima sani sima vaisenu. Asani sima la vaisenu. J.M. in the A.M. with Salcellus. Before that, Miami here at J.M. in the A.M. Thanks so much for tuning in on this uh, Rosh Chodesh Shvat morning. It's much appreciated. Always nice to spend Rosh Chodesh with you. Well, Eichler's in Borough Park and ShopEichler's.com has been serving the uh, Jewish community in New York for decades. They pride themselves on being the largest online Jewish bookstore. They have a huge selection of all types of books. Halacha, Gemara, Hashkafa to Jewish novels of well-known authors, cookbooks, and more. Their books are geared to everybody in the family, adults, teens, and children. Take advantage. They have a 15% off sale this week. A 15% off sale on every one of their books. When you go to shopeichlers.com slash books, shopeichlers.com slash books. Shop now. It's a limited time. It's only this week. So go to the website, check out all the newest titles before they're sold out. And remember, 15% off on all books and same-day delivery available in most areas of New York and New Jersey. Details, shopeichlers.com. By the way, there's a fire sale every day on one specific item, Passage to Darkness, the Feldheim release by Avigail Mislik. Passage to Darkness available right now for $17.99 at shopeichlers.com. Check it out and enjoy. It's a special sale specifically for today. That one is the day only, 15% off on all books throughout the entire week. Go to shopbyclose.com and enjoy. Thursday morning broadcast here at JM in the AM as we uh, get set to wrap things up. A reminder, we have a full schedule coming up today, and I mean full. An amazing schedule. Uh, the second I find it, I'll tell you about it. Here it is, Rosh Chodesh schedule. Charlie Harari on the topic of dancing through the pain. Spin class with Michael Fragan coming up. He'll have noted journalist Jacob Kornblue with him. 10 o'clock for Allison Josephs. Miriam Adar, finalist on Hulu's Candyland program and proprietor of Miriam Adar Custom Cakes, will be on at 10 a.m. Miriam L. Wallach will speak to Ariella Steinreich um, about, her re- about the recap of her recent stay in Dubai. Thursday live lunch from 11 until 1, then throwback Thursday, then GM, JM Rewind Encore. The Arab Shabbos show is brand new with Mark Zamek tonight starting at 7 p.m. Brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. That will re, that will be encored at uh, 3 a.m. and 10 a.m. Make sure to be tuned in. Achenu Yisrael and Achim our brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listener-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web, and AchimSegal.com, and the AchimSegal Network, and of course, in the beloved NSN app. Wraps up an amazing Thursday, Rosh Chodesh at JMNAM. Tomorrow we're back. Don't forget the weekly update tomorrow at 7.40 a.m. Eastern Time. Stay tuned and don't touch that dial. No reason to. Great programming all day long here at the Nahum Siegel Network. Have a fabulous Thursday. Till tomorrow, Nahum Siegel reminding you, remember the past, live the present, and trust the future.